0: Hi, welcome to the podcast, Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Morning, Kelly.
1: Morning, Marna. Morning, Mike.
0: And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Hi, Mike.
2: Hey, good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly. Good to be back.
0: Yes, nice to talk to both of you again. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations that will help you examine your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Today we're mixing up the format a little bit. We're going to do what I'm calling a lightning round. I have five somewhat minor, but still perplexing scenarios, which I've been collecting. They're mostly unrelated and random, so not enough for a complete show on their own. But we're considering them today and talking about them all together. Buckle your seatbelt and let's get started. The first one is about taking your own snacks into the movie theater, right past the sign that says, No Outside Food or Drink Allowed. Is this an ethical dilemma, or is this straightforward? Are you breaking the rules? What do you think, Mike?
2: Well, you know, it's funny you should bring this up, Marna, because um, this has been an issue in our family for quite a while—yours um, and many other families. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess it kind of comes down to this: if you go and look closely at what is on offer at most movie theaters, it wouldn't really fall into the category of, you know, I just the generally the. the the foods that are good for you category, you know, generally no. (laughs) Yeah, right. So, you know, milk duds and, uh, Pepsis, and maybe if you got popcorn without the butter, but I guess what we have, I've never really thought about it formally, but I mean, every now and then we will take things into the movie theater that we want to snack on that, We could not buy at the counter. So, you know, we don't eat that kind of stuff much anymore. Although I think it's very rude for people to be munching on something and making any noise during a movie. If you want to bring something in that's... you aren't going to find at the concession counter at the movie theater, I'm okay with that. But on the other hand, if they, you know, like some places now are serving beer and wine and some places are serving coffee and some places, you know, have other kinds of snacks. If they have it on offer at the movie theater, you shouldn't bring your own. That's sort of my rule of thumb.
0: So I'm curious, what kind of snacks were you bringing? Like really healthy granola bars and things?
2: Yeah. Stuff like sometimes we make our own granola bars and maybe some, uh, some nuts or things like that. So, if
0: it's available at the concession stand, you should buy it there. And if it's not available, you can bring your own.
2: Yeah, that's right. I, I'm sure some people will take issue with that, but uh, again, I don't do milk duds anymore. I mean, there was a time in my life, lots of milk duds. <laughs> no more. You no, know,
0: s- no snow caps. <laughs> <laughs> no snow caps. <laughs> I All
2: mean, under things. duress, I will eat a Snickers bar, but
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Anyhow. So, Kelly, what do you say about this? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good scenario. It's a tough one because I've done this before. I've I've snuck stuff in, and I never gave it much thought, and I should have. Unfortunately, I'm not like Mike. I still eat the milk duds and the (laughs) reeses and all that stuff. Junior (laughs) mints? Oh, gosh, yeah. Junior mints. Um, We have snow caps in the house right now.
2: Oh, Kelly. I know. But then again, you yeah. have teenagers, okay? So we're <laughs> going to give you a pass on that one, all right? I know,
1: but I'm eating the mic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, it's a tough one. <laughs> you know, like I've brought I've brought a water in before because it's like 750 for a water, which is a disgrace. But that was some time ago. Now we pretty much just go to the movie tavern. <laughs> so we just buy everything. That's kind of part of the deal. You know, you get like a dinner and a, a beer or a glass of water, or whatever. And we just pay for it, of course. You know, Can you then
2: take that with you into the movie theater?
1: Oh, they serve oh, it. Oh, yeah. You, they serve you. Oh,
2: you man. sit
0: at a little table.
1: No, no. You See. actually sit at a, you know, like you have a big comfy seat. And and it actually has like a, on the side you can pull up a nice like of your own individual table and you have a little oh. cup holder and you have your own waiter or waitress. That's
2: remarkable. This yeah, is the great. urban-rural divide in America right here. This is it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that has not reached. That has not reached this far corner of our country. What okay? you're missing
0: out on, Mike? Nice.
2: Oh yeah. my. I mean, we just order? we just got good seats, by the way, okay? You know, we used to have, like, seats you'd find in a bad school auditorium. Oh, no, and these um,
1: seats are big oh, and man. comfy. There's a setting where you can put your feet up, like you can put this thing and... Brings your legs up, and you can like oh kind of my. almost lay back. Kelly, it's could crazy, you please right? stop? Oh, could this you is stop, next Kelly? generation movie theaters for <laughs> sure. Kelly, yeah. Kelly, I just <laughs> you know
2: I, even though none of us can go to the movies right now, <laughs>
1: <laughs> recliners. Actually, I mean... my husband, my husband has gone to the movie ta- tavern recently. They really? have, mm-hmm, they have like twenty five percent. I think is what Pennsylvania is permitting. You know capacity, so. Um, And you're pretty spread out anyways with the setup. So he feels strongly that we need to try to get out and Mm -hmm. help support local businesses. So, you know, he's gone with my brother and you can order your meal in advance online. And um, so you sit down and they'd come and take your order, but then it's kind of ready. And yeah, so it's a great setup. But getting back to sneaking in snacks, when we used to go to a regular movie theater when I was poor, which is no excuse, I did, like, sneak water and- <laughs> <laughs> or, like a little treat it wasn't a banana or an apple or anything healthy i'm sorry to say but yeah it's just it's just not right and you, then you get onto the slippery slope of you do that and you know then you're shopping and maybe you want to get you need to get a king size comforter and then you decide oh maybe i'll just switch the tag from the double to the king size you know i'll put it in that bag you know the next wow, thing kelly
2: know, this you're... is going a lot yeah, further than any of us auto. anticipated <laughs> <laughs> yeah taking a dark turn kelly, kelly. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we Thank should you. talk about this offline i don't know
1: <laughs> car for a test drive and you just don't bring it back i mean it can, <laughs> can get crazy fast but oh man yeah. what's so, going on down
2: there was... in pennsylvania <laughs> holy smokes
1: i don't think it's criminal unlike tag switching which is you know a statutory theft offense like in virginia well, i'm glad specific. to
2: hear you say that oh.
1: yeah no no i mean that's when you think about it that's that's it's not really any different than just shoplifting so that's my long-winded answer marna
0: So no more No more sneaking in No
1: more sneaking in Because it's not okay I think it's kind of Not moral anyways It's not theft But it's not moral I
2: have one more question Which I I really hesitate to ask Because it's going to make me feel bad But is the food good At the movie tavern?
1: It's decent It is It's pretty good, yeah Oh. They have yeah, one here Yeah, it depends on what you get And you know what you can do is They have different kinds of beer and wine And you can't go wrong with that And they have I'll say they have one or two healthy items And I say that I put that in quotes Healthy But <laughs> not bad So yeah
2: I will be looking forward to the day
0: Well, certainly by the end of the decade You'll have it there in upstate I
2: don't know up, You're talking up, like upstate the, New York.
0: The next decade, so that gives us <laughs>
2: ten years of standoff, Marna. Yeah, Possibly. maybe, maybe, maybe. We'll see.
0: Yes. So I need I to also, get out more. <laughs> yeah, come on down here to Virginia. I'm a raisinets girl, so I will stop by the dollar store on the way to the movie and get a box of raisinets for a dollar sometimes. And at the movie theater, last time I checked, they were about five dollars for the same box. So I wow. think it's kind of a hustle what they charge for the snacks. Yeah. And I mm-hmm. wonder, maybe they've done this, but is there a case study where if they reduce the prices of the food at the concession stand, would their volume of sales increase?
1: It might.
2: Yeah,
0: maybe.
1: I'm sure they've done that analysis. And yeah. And I think that they make a lot of their money on those snacks. Uh, I agree. Because they're yeah. marked up. I don't know what the mark yes. is. It's got to be five times. Oh, yeah. Six times or ten times what they pay for these items. Well, and I've also at- heard
0: that the theater oftentimes doesn't make any money on the ticket sales. They, they go to the film distributor. The only
1: money they make is from the concession stand. Wow. I think that's true. I think a significant portion, you know, they've got to sell those snacks.
2: Just look at how much time they spend marketing snacks, how so much screen time. You know, you get a couple different shots of a pouring Coke or popping popcorn in the, uh, the warm-up for the actual feature film.
0: Right. So. Well, the whole aromatherapy. Of the popping yeah. popcorn, yeah, right, makes you hungry.
2: Never thought of it as aromatherapy. That's interesting, yeah.
0: <laughs> dicement mm.
2: Maybe maybe that's that's how you make your first million, Marna. You you bottle essence of popped popcorn. Essential <laughs> <and> you... <laughs> oil.
0: Essential oil.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's got its own moral challenges. We're, we're already way too fat. Now we're even yeah. get fatter. Oh dear.
0: Now I have a friend who says. Don't tell me about, not to bring snacks into the movie. I always have snacks in my purse. No matter where I go, I have snacks. And I'm not going to stop. So to her, it's not an ethical dilemma. Is yeah. she a diabetic? Um, no.
1: <laughs> kind of half kidding. But yeah, I mean, I guess she could say that, but it doesn't make it right.
0: So where does this leave us? Have we come to any consensus? Probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I don't don't think you should.
2: Yeah, I think that's, yes, that's that's right. Probably shouldn't do it. And again, none of us are going to die of starvation between now and the end of the movie. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, right. Okay. Well, and I've started, I stopped since we started this podcast and I've gotten myself more accountable. I've stopped bringing my own snacks in and now I just kind of budget for the whole extravaganza if I'm going to the movie. I do get the soft drink and I do get the Raisinets. Um, oh, wow. What about I do the snow
2: get, caps, Marna?
0: I do get the diabetic coma halfway through the movie, <laughs> the whole thing, you know.
2: <laughs>
0: That's what I look forward to. Does that Part help of you appreciate experience? the fine film? <laughs> It's all part of the experience. <laughs> Many times I've eaten the entire box of Raisinets before the feature film starts. Too. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, I geez, don't.
2: That's another problem we need to discuss <laughs> under other, another topic, Marna.
0: Another day, another topic. Okay. On that happy note, let's move on to the second one. This involves using someone else's Netflix account or Hulu account or HBO Go or Amazon Prime to watch movies. using somebody else's account and password with their permission, of course, to watch movies and thereby not having to pay for an account yourself. Kelly, what do you say?
1: Yeah, not a good idea, right? I think if you're in the same family, I think it's fine. So for example, you know, we have two kids in college that are away from home you know, we still help them a good bit. um, And they have access to our family, Netflix and Amazon Prime accounts. I think that's fine. But you know, were I to share it with all my nieces and nephews and friends, you know, that's just not right. Because these companies should be paid for their services.
0: Okay, Mike.
2: I think Kelly's on the, on the mark there. I, I would just say that, you know, this is a topic that the whole idea of logins and passwords just sort of makes me nervous. I'm not very good at it. That's why. So You're
0: not have, good at remembering your yeah, passwords? Yeah,
2: I just, okay. exactly. I mean, um, everybody tells you you shouldn't have the same password. I violate that every now and then. So our reality is that when kids are home, you know, whether they lived here or whether they come home and visit, they'll set this stuff up on our TV. And I frankly don't even know what I'm subscribed to because uh, I don't watch that much TV. But when I do flip through the different uh, streaming channels, you know, I'll see like my youngest son who lived with us for a very long time, happens to be at college right now, and he may have an account. And I don't I don't feel bad about using his account because for one thing, I just don't, <laughs> I don't know how I would, I, I could figure it out, but I have not taken the time to set my own up for some of these uh, streaming services. So I just sort of...
1: And you know what, Mike? I don't mean to interrupt, but it's yeah. very hard to log off when somebody has logged in unless you have their information. And okay. I say that because we were recently on vacation and stayed at a you know, vacation rental by owner. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the TVs, I assume it was the owner's password and everything, but one of the TVs was logged on to Netflix. Oh, and okay. it had... You know, when the screen comes up, you see each person's name and a little, you know, kind of picture of them or Mm -hmm. representation. I'm sure Mm -hmm. the kids would laugh at me. I don't know if it's called an emoji or I don't know what it's called. An Um, avatar. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think that's the word, (laughs) avatar. We're really showing. I'm really showing my age here. (laughs) We all are. We all are. But we really, we had a show that we'd been watching on Netflix and we decided not to watch it because we couldn't, we didn't feel right using their account. We had our own account, but we couldn't log off. We didn't, we couldn't, oh, yeah. like you yeah. needed to put in your password to log off. So we were just kind of stuck. Wow,
2: that's maybe a good point. I, I didn't realize the, the that element or complication. I mean, but when my kids come home, you know, they're all over this and they say, hey dad, you got that? I have no idea. Go check. I do know that I, for example, pay for music, and I, we can have five subscriptions within the family on Spotify, and I share those out with, with my children, and uh, they appreciate that. So, And I think that's perfectly legit. I mean, they're all immediate families. So.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, and that's part of the subscription. I mean, yeah. you're buying mm-hmm. for five, mm-hmm. so. Family, right. yeah.
0: My kids both use my Amazon Prime account. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And I think these services do have limits on how many devices can be logged on at once.
1: Yeah, that's true. We've had everybody home, like when everybody lived at home, and I watch TV probably a couple times a week. Wouldn't let me access it because everybody else was on it. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so yeah. aren't you yeah, in charge, Kelly? Isn't
2: that your house? Right. No, I'm like, hey, who guys. pays the bills? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, I've I've done that before, and you know what? One of my kids says, "Dad does." Oh no, yeah, have a job. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well, need tough. a little little conversation. is there, there any payback, but, yeah, Kelly? But, yeah, I was like, we need to have a little chat about this, Mister.
0: Okay, so family, immediate family on the accounts okay but not family friends and co-workers yeah, don't
2: don't put it in your christmas card you know i mean that's a
0: log on here <laughs> okay
2: do by the way do put this podcast in your christmas card i'm just saying to all yes. our faithful listeners out there
0: subscribe you know
2: tell people yeah. about it we're a free service everybody so
0: yes for my birthday in may my daughter who's Quite clever. She gave me the gift of finding 10 subscribers for our podcast. Wasn't that sweet? Nice. That is really sweet. Nice. Kind of an ungift. Yeah. Yeah. You know, at our age and stage, do we need any more stuff?
2: That's right. I'm trying to get rid of it. Kind of maxed out. (laughs) I'm in the basement recording studio now, just looking at, you know, the the assorted family heirlooms, (laughs) not. stacked around me.
0: (laughs) In your case I think it would be sports equipment.
2: (laughs) You'd be surprised, Marna. We got all kinds of stuff.
0: Okay, that was very interesting. Thanks very much. Let's move on to number three. Not far from me, we have a network of walking trails through the woods. It's wetland, so it's protected. And the trails are not exactly dirt trails. They're packed and graded and covered with a fine gravel or shell. And at the trailheads, there's signs that say, no bicycles. But when I walk there, I still see mountain bikers riding on the trails almost every time I go. And I assume they could be damaging the trails. Should I say something or should I just let it go? Myger, the hiker in the group, what do you think?
2: Wow. This is, uh, you've really, I mean, I don't know if we have many hikers and equestrians and mountain bikers out there listening, but this is definitely an issue. So, yes, there are many trails which are limited. Some for, you know, like here in the Adirondack Park, they're for conservation reasons. You know, you cannot take your bicycle into a wilderness area. Sometimes it's just set up by the person who has uh, established that trail, whether it's a town or a private organization. Usually, it's worth mentioning, if you find the right uh, setting, you want to be, I think, a little cautious with that sometimes. There are, frankly, mountain bikers who take great pleasure, let's say, or they are, uh, it's sort of a challenge, that's a better way to put it, it's a challenge for them to poach trails, that's the term. So to poach something is Oh, that's really a thing? Yeah. To ride something which is, for example, private and posted and, you know nobody allowed and um, the other is uh, an area where mountain bikes aren't allowed you know mountain bikers tend to be a pretty forward crowd um, a wonderful crowd because I'm one of them you know it's common courtesy the rule of thumb when you have a multi-use trail is that equestrians have the right of way and walkers and cyclists must yield to the equestrians and then mountain bikers must yield to both walkers and horses and then, you know, so that puts mountain bikers at the bottom of the list.
0: And that's probably a place where they don't like to be.
2: Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> they're so fast. They're so mobile. They they really do. They can, I mean, they just fly through the woods. So, you know, and the reason they're lowest on the um, on that priority list is that they, they just, they've got to be in control because they can show up, you know, without any warning whatsoever. They move so quickly.
0: Okay, so if the setting is right, you suggest i say something yeah mm-hmm. can you script that for me
2: i would be happy to marna yeah <laughs> yeah i'll write you out some key no, I mean, to... <laughs> like because it's
0: just it's inherently confrontational so yeah, yeah yeah like
2: you know especially if you see it like causing a problem you know one of the big things around here is it's it's common practice and it's common courtesy that at certain times of the year you do not ride on trails or walk on trails for that matter. So in the fall, not so much, but in the spring when they're very wet and the trails are muddy, if people walk and cycle on them at that time, they literally will destroy the trails. They'll just tear them up. They'll turn them into uh, just a series of puddles and ruts, and it then kind of wrecks the trail for everybody else. So there's common courtesy that during certain periods of time you just shouldn't be out there at all no matter who the trail is posted for um so you know if it's if you were in a situation where like mountain bikers were blasting through and putting you know little kids and families at risk and scaring people yeah talk to them
0: and is that generally understood when you shouldn't be on the trails
2: oh i would guess they know especially Uh if they're adults sometimes (laughs) kids i think just rampage around but yeah yeah
1: all right kelly your thoughts Well, I mean, it's hard for me to understand why people can't follow the rules. (laughs) In your example, there's a sign up and it makes it clear. And I know near my home, I walk back in an area that's owned by the town and it's very well signed about, you know, no no mountain bikes, no snowmobiles, no cross-country skiers. And additionally, the whole area has, you know, signs about having your dog on a leash And it's very frustrating when people don't follow the rules because it's dangerous. I mean, I think that's the big issue. When you have a mountain bike, you know, ripping through a trail, if you're walking with your family and your dog and young children, I mean, it's just dangerous.
0: And on this particular trail we're talking about, it's a favorite of the senior citizen demographic. So you have older couples out there walking on the trail and possibly surprised by a mountain biker unable. I mean, it could be catastrophic.
1: So it's frustrating when people won't follow the rules. What we've seen is just, you know, we always walk our dog on a leash, always. And I would say, you know, ten percent of the time that I'm back there walking her on the trails, there's somebody with their dog not on a leash. Right. Yeah, and it's I've dangerous. seen that a lot yeah. too. That's I a mean, big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and our dog is, you know, she's a rescue. And she doesn't like other dogs and she can become very tough to handle and she becomes very aggressive because she thinks when the dog comes running towards us and the person generally yells, oh, don't worry, she's friendly, he's nice. Okay, but my dog isn't. And now I'm in a situation where it's taking everything I've got to keep control of my dog while this dog is running around us in circles. And it's just, it's very frustrating. And it's just dangerous. Yeah, Um, My sweet
0: lab was attacked by a German shepherd on a trail. Really?
1: One of those, oh, don't worry, he's friendly. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I usually don't say anything, though, because generally I'm back there by myself, and I don't feel comfortable. And I know, like, from practicing law, how many people are crazy and how I could get myself into an even worse situation. So I usually just try to extricate myself from it and get away from the other dog I haven't run into mountain bikes back there thank goodness so that's what I do now when my husband's been with me and this has happened he absolutely says something because I have to say generally it's it's a guy who's with his dog and you know we're struggling and you know Mark just will just turn around and he will incessantly say to him hey did you see a did you read, read the sign. You're supposed to have yeah. your dog on a leash. There's a leash law. I mean, he yeah. just he is he just keeps saying it, and that generally the person's like, oh yeah, sorry, oh, let me get my dog. Sorry, yeah, yeah, you know, and then they just go off. Oftentimes they don't even have a leash.
0: Oh, right. That's mm-hmm. terrible.
1: So I know mm-hmm. I'm getting a little off topic, but it's kind of the same <laughs> thing. To me, mountain bike yeah. dog not following the signs. Yeah.
0: So, you think I should point out to the next mountain biker I see? Hey, did you see the sign out there? No bikes.
1: I wouldn't. You know, being a woman, especially if you're by yourself, I wouldn't. Because you don't know who you're dealing with.
2: Yeah.
0: I might report it to whoever the agency is over that trail. I guess it's the uh, county park department. Yeah. They may not know.
2: You know, there's, to, to kind of summarize this, there's three situations outdoors on trails when I have felt very, very much at risk. And in order, they are when i'm skiing and a snowboarder flies by my head uh having just been you know coming down the mountain at high speeds and taking huge jumps didn't see me oh, and literally geez. they're in the air they have no opportunity to change their trajectory and they i've i've had them fly by my head if they had hit me You know it would have been a serious injury so that's one another is what kelly's talking about when a dog that someone assures you is friendly races up to you and your animals and that can go very very badly and the third is with mountain bikes when you're walking on a trail which you don't expect a mountain bike on and one comes silently and very quickly up behind you it can really scare you so those are the three situations that have really set me off over time, and um, I think it all comes back to what we talk about all the time on this podcast, which is common courtesy and civility. Snowboards certainly are allowed on, you know, 98% of the downhill ski mountains, but there's a certain way you ought to snowboard, and it doesn't include, you know, flying through the air for 100 feet at a time.
0: No. And there are protocols on the ski slope. They're taught to the most very beginner skier, which is the downhill skier has the right-of-way. All righty, let's move on to number four. When I lived in Savannah, I used to attend church in a beautiful sanctuary downtown, and it had a pipe organ up front and a wonderful choir and an overall great music program. Sometimes there would be soloists brought in special or cellists or violinists brought in to perform and these were just terrific performances. And I always wanted to applaud after one of these fantastic, stirring performances. My question is, what do you think about applause in church after a particularly good musical performance? Kelly, what are your thoughts?
1: Oh, I think it's totally appropriate. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it's integral to faith and to celebration. And and the Bible speaks to joy and rejoicing and celebration. I mean, you know, the New Testament does, even the Old Testament, which, um, you know, at times can be kind of punitive (laughs) and a little scary. But, you know, particularly in Psalms, um, you know, Psalms are poems and hymns and they speak to praise and you know, making joyful no noise and, um, you know, let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. So I know in the Catholic faith, I've been in mass before where um, the congregation has clapped. Absolutely. After, you know, a beautiful solo performance or um, we have had, you know, sort of guest singers um, or performances and absolutely, you know, everyone's clapped i thought it was wonderful in a way to to give thanks um and also you know i've been in mass when after first communion the 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 children are presented and everybody claps and of course they're just beaming um, yeah or weddings you know when the couple is announced as man and wife so I, i think it's i think it's very appropriate and and part of You know, faith, whatever your faith is Part of praise Um, and worship Yeah, and I think big picture It's concerning to me how Faith has kind of In many ways been removed From our society Or just seems to be less a part Of our daily life Uh, So I think anything That can bring it back And and make it uh, You know, maybe a little bit more Representative of our everyday life Is a good thing I yeah. like that Mike what do you say?
2: Well I'm with Kelly that was uh, very nicely put Kelly I my experience is it it really depends on you know the church the type of church you're in the type of service it depends on the demeanor of the minister um, some ministers encourage that sort of thing and the other situation I'd set out is for example if it's a musical presentation musical performance if it's a Young persons group or a young soloist, and I, I think those young people they you know they really benefit from immediate feedback. It's been my experience that that is that is seen as a good thing when the children's choir finishes, uh, especially if it's a one off within a ser- service. It's not they're not there for the entire time, and uh, you just recognize them, and it, it really it's meaningful for them, and I think it it enriches the service. So.
0: Aren't those children's choirs wonderful? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, applause in church after stirring musical performances, depending on the, you know, circumstances. Just to follow up, at this particular church I attended, they did applaud after wonderful songs and musical performances. And I was always glad to see that. It was part of the experience. Right. Uplifting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Although I always did feel a little bit of hesitation. It's still there, like we got to be all staid and Mm -hmm. serious in church.
1: Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that is just based on your upbringing and, you know, it's kind of cultural and depending upon your faith and, and the church you were raised in.
0: Right. Absolutely. You're right. On to the last scenario here, and it's also a church scenario. When you're attending someone else's church that is not your denomination, should you speak the creed aloud? There's always a time in the service where they speak the creed. So, for example, if you're an out-of-town guest and you go to church with your hosts and it's not your denomination of church, if you don't read the creed aloud during the service, is that considered rude? Mike? Let's go to you first.
2: Well, I think there are literally hundreds of denominations and creeds out there. If it's something that's very close to your own and you're very familiar with it, absolutely. I would encourage you to participate as much as you feel is appropriate. Um, obviously, when you jump some of the big faith divides, uh, you know, for example, if you go to a service which is very different from your own, you have to be much more Cautious and careful for one thing you may not know the the ritual you may not know the words, but i I just like to come back to the idea that especially when you go with a friend or uh, an associate it it really shows respect for who they are and what they believe and I think you just your by your presence you send a very powerful message, and Lord knows we need that in our society these days. you know I've had the opportunity to go to some Jewish um, services. And that's a very special thing because, you know, it's, it's very different from the way I was brought up as a Catholic. But, you know, there is there is certain a shared heritage there, uh, shared sacred documents, and so I think it it is a wonderful thing in general. But you do just have to be very respectful, and you you don't want to you don't want to seem presumptuous. So the very fact that you're there in a different denomination, I think, is a is a good thing, and uh, let's not. Let's do that
0: right. Okay. Kelly, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think it's a personal choice, as Mike said. So do what you're comfortable with. The fact that you're there is is just really the statement. And I know I've gone to different services with friends. I have a friend whose husband is a Presbyterian minister, and he has his own church in Madison, Wisconsin. And it's just a wonderful place. I've, I've always enjoyed going. I have to say, I don't recall them saying the creed. I have to check with her, but I don't recall that coming up. But, but as Mike said, you you may not know the words. You know, it can. I know in the Catholic Church, I think maybe about ten years ago, right? They changed the wording. It still throws me off. I mean, I can totally mess up. <laughs> me so. too, Kelly. Don't, oh, don't yeah, they, they print it in the program?
2: They do. Well, but you, you're supposed to memorize this stuff. Yeah, you know?
1: most of the time at our age, you just you're there, you know the words and. You know, now i got to be looking at the, you know, looking at the...
2: Or you know the old words, Kelly.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm saying one thing and everybody else is saying another. (laughs) It's just, it's not a good situation. So, yeah, that's that's another concern is you better say it right. (laughs) You know, and I've also gone to synagogues. I think once I thought it was incredible and obviously you know, saying the creed did not come up. You know, I just think it's up to you. And, and the fact that you're there is is just uh, wonderful. And it's just a great, I think it's a great experience to learn about other faiths and experience other faiths.
0: And at the point in the service where they say the creed, if they do, I would simply say, if you don't want to say it, stand up when, because they always stand up when they say the creed, recite the creed, stand up, you don't have to recite it, but do stand up and be respectful.
1: Yeah, I mean, if they stand up. I mean, my friend who is a Presbyterian always makes fun of, of the Catholic Mass because there's so much stand-up, sit-down, kneel, stand-up, sit-down, kneel. Yes. I don't even notice it, but she thinks it's a little bit of a workout. Yes,
0: I always thought so, too.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I was raised Presbyterian. We don't do that. Yeah. Now we move on to the end note portion of our show, which is where – We like to share something with you that you can think about until the next podcast. And I have a a short follow-up to one of our podcasts we did where I introduced the scenario of my sister. She and her husband are house flippers, and they bought an entire house with it fully furnished. Everything was still there. And in the process of cleaning it out, she found a box of childhood memorabilia of the owner's only daughter. And my sister went to quite a bit of effort to locate the former husband of the occupant and give it to him. It was through a a friend of a friend and a Facebook contact. It took quite a bit of time. And eventually, the box of childhood pictures got back to the daughter, who was very happy to get them. Well, I was at a flea market a couple weeks ago, and this woman had a couple tablefuls of um, like funky stuff from the 70s, real vintage 60s and 70s. She said she got it all from, she bid on the contents of a government-owned house that was going to be torn down because it was on a utility right away. So she bid on the contents and she got it and it was a whole bunch of stuff from the 60s and 70s. I mean, really, really fun stuff. And as we were talking, she told me that she found a bag of family photographs in the contents. Some of the photographs were really old, like from the 1800s. And she also went to quite a bit of effort to locate some of the descendants of the original owners. She did some genealogical research and read a lot of obituaries trying to find the line and eventually did locate somebody, sent him a friend request on Facebook, and he said yes, he was interested in the pictures. They met in a parking lot, and she gave him the pictures. He was delighted to get them his siblings and the cousins they were delighted to get them and she said that they even scan them and use some of them as their Facebook profiles now they're really old pictures <laughs> so I thought that was a wonderful wonderful story and I just wanted to share that what taking a little time and effort can mean to someone
2: yeah that's great yeah that's wonderful that,
1: that really is so
0: yeah thoughtful and kind it's very kind and thoughtful and a wonderful use of your time Mike you had something you wanted to talk about
2: yeah, you know, today's we're recording this on October twenty ninth, twenty twenty, and um, I just, you know, I know many of our listeners are across the country and across the world, and there's a lot of places right now where COVID is starting to come in just much harder than anybody had had expected, and um, so. Last night, my wife and I were, we work once a month in a local soup kitchen, and typically we serve about 120 meals, and uh, we've got enough food to manage that. Last night, we had 160 people show up, and uh, so we ran out of food, and we were were cooking more things very quickly at the very end, and um, it just reminded me that, you know, a a lot of folks in this country and across the world are really hurting, whether it's from actual impact of the disease or the collateral impacts of employment and other things. But uh, just wanted to let folks know that uh, I know the three of us are thinking of them. So these could be some tough times as we move forward here. Let's hope they improve.
0: Yeah, that's a good reminder. And we'll hold those people in our hearts, anybody who's hurting and in need right now because of the circumstances. Thank you, Mike. Hey, let's keep this conversation going leave us an email or a voicemail at our website www.ethicsandetiquette.com and you can check out our instagram at ethics etiquette and our facebook page ethics and etiquette if you want to support what we're doing subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and we'd appreciate if you took the time to leave a positive review while you're there and thank you to all of you who keep recommending ethics and etiquette to your friends and family for kelly halligan zimmerman and mike derrick I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. It's good to be with you, and please join us again. New episodes are posted the first and third Wednesday of every month. See you then.